Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun of the Run podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, also known as Waddell Running Lady on Instagram. I'm so happy that you're here for my 30th episode of the Fun of the Run. Thank you so much to each and every one of you for listening to me week after week, for giving me your feedback, for messaging me. I really, really appreciate just the fact that you're here listening to me ramble again this week is awesome. And it just makes me so happy. And so I wanted to just say a huge thank you to all of you for being here. Before we get started on this week's episode, I also just quickly wanted to remind you that you can always reach me at funoftherunpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram through direct message at Waddell Running Lady. On that same note, do you think I should start an Instagram page for this podcast? Let me know. Message me, email me. Let me know. Should I start a Fun of the Run podcast Instagram page? I've been thinking about it for a while that maybe that would be kind of a more specific way to maybe get people interested in listening to this podcast. And also I just share more behind the scenes, different things like that. So let me know if you think that is a good idea or not. Okay, without further ado, I have a special guest for today's episode. And so with that, I want to welcome my son, Gatlin, into the studio. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. First question that I have for you, Gatlin, is why are you not in school today? <laughs> because um, none of my stuff was ready and my, left my phone cord at people from church's office and I couldn't plug in my phone so my alarm kind of go off and I woke up late and now my clothes are washed and and so it's just basically just one thing after another right yeah so at least he's not sick but you know he really so we're just gonna call it a mental health day apparently so he you have to go tomorrow okay Right. Well, I was planning on it anyways. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Anyway, so he's trying to get on my good side by saying, hey, I'll be a guest on your podcast. So I guess I forgive him. Anyways, Gallon, so everybody wants to know, how is your running career? Oh, it's going fantastic. You know, holy, last time I ran was like um, a week ago. Or wait something. a second. Where did you get that Gatorade from in the studio? I pulled it out. <laughs> we don't we don't bring Gatorade into the studio. Yes, we do. Uh, and if you're wondering, the studio at the moment is my bed. And Gatlin's like, let's have sit somewhere comfortable. So yeah, we have a microphone in between us and he's drinking Gatorade and we're sitting here um recording a podcast episode. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. Okay. Anyways. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, I have a few different things I wanted to cover in this episode, so I'm just going to get right on it. The first thing I want to talk about is why on earth my legs are so trashed today. Okay, it's my own fault. I had a long run on Saturday that was eight miles, and typically my long runs are a range of miles, like six to eight, seven to nine, five to seven, whatever. But this week they were actually, um, I was actually told eight miles. So I'm like, okay. I'm going to get these eight miles in thought about getting up super early and going, but did not get to bed early enough and ended up starting this run at eight 45. Now, ever since I've done the vertigo night race out at 
the White Tank Mountain Regional Park. Um, I've wanted to do that same course again. I live very close to the White Tanks and like, you know, 12 minutes away. So it's super convenient. The only downside or the only thing that was holding me back was that race was held on a competitive track at the White Tanks. And so there's a big sign there if you if you go drive out to that track and it says this track is for racing and basically don't get on this track if you just want to travel leisurely if you want to travel leisurely just go to the trails and so every time i go i see that sign and i'm like well even if i'm racing i'm not running fast so maybe i just don't belong on this track and also and and so i was just unsure and you know what i'm saying gatlin i was kind of like uncertain if I was allowed to go on this track. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but when I went there the other day, there was a ranger and he was in the parking lot. And so I thought, I'm just going to ask because I really want to run this um, course again. So I asked him and he's like, of course you can, you can run it anytime, you know, as long as there's not an event or whatever. And a cyclist was there talking to him as well. And he's like, of course, you're always welcome, you know, to run this, this track. And so apparently runners are supposed to head one direction. I can't remember clockwise or counterclockwise and cyclists are supposed to head the other direction because the whole thing is, is, is a one way. And so, you know, we're supposed to be heading opposite directions so that a cyclist isn't coming behind me super fast or around a blind corner or whatever. So, but other than that, he said, go ahead and do this. So that was my plan Saturday that track or that course is about 10 K. So let's say 6.2 miles, even though I knew it was a little bit more, I came prepared. I knew the high was about 107. I brought a cooler full of ice. I had my ice bandana. I had a 32 ounce cup of icy, um, noon hydration that I was going to refill my pack with when I came back to my car after this loop. And so I felt like I was really good and prepared sunglasses, hat, everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was 95 degrees when I started. Well, typically, I guess I was thinking, well, it's not 110. It's not 112. I don't need to, I I can handle six miles without coming back to the car first. Um, Because when it's been the really hot parts of the summer, I would only head out for like two miles at the most and turn around, come back to my car, refill everything with ice and head out again as many times as I needed to to get the miles in. But I thought, oh, it's only going to be 107. I can do this. So I headed out with my orange mud pack. It was like a liter and a half of water and I head out and there's not really shade. Well, there's just not shade on the trails here. I mean, really. And on the desert trails, there's just not. And so I, and I knew that going into this, there's not going to be shade, but what I did not anticipate is how much water that I was going to need to drink during this run. I did my run walk intervals. I, you know, I ran the downhills. I tried to run the flats when I could. I hiked the uphills, all of that, but it was so hot. It just, the temperature just kept climbing and I just started feeling less and less amazing. And by the time I got to four and a half miles, I was out of water. It was like, I just suddenly reached, you know, down, got the, the, whatever you call it, the tube on my, what do you call it out in the bladder? Yeah. The tube on my bladder, my water bladder and went down to take a sip of it. And there was nothing to sip. And I was like, 
oh no. And I looked down on my watch and saw that I was at like 4.5 miles. And I knew that this competitive track was not exactly 6.2 miles. I, I knew it was closer to like six and a half miles. So here I am at least almost two miles away from my car, no water and already feeling kind of wimpy. And so I remember sitting down on a big rock and just kind of putting my head in my hands and just like, okay, you know, what am I going to do? And obviously I didn't panic or anything, but I was a little bit concerned because it was very hot and I drank way more water than normal. So, um, I kept trying to run and continue my run walk intervals, but my arms got noodly and I've shared this before, but I had some kind of sun sickness a couple summers ago. And ever since then, I'm more susceptible to, to the heat making me sick. Whenever my arms get noodly, I know I'm, I'm in trouble or I'm heading in that direction. Well, my arms started getting noodly. Um, there's no shade, like I said, and I finally realized I didn't have the energy to run anymore and that all I was going to be able to do was walk it in. And the longer that I went, because I had already been out there for a couple of hours, like two hours, maybe a little over two hours. I know I told you I'm slow. You know, I had already been out there for a couple of hours and it got to the point where even just walking was, was a lot. And I started trying to find every piece of shade I could. If I saw a rock somewhere, I would try to sit on it. Even, even if it was just in the direct sun, which most of them were, I thought, well, maybe if I can just sit here a second and just get my heart rate down a little bit, you know, it'll help because I've, I've got to get back to my car. Um, I got to a point where I found the most shade I've ever seen on a desert trail. And it was like this bushy tree thing with like thorns or whatever underneath it was like some rocky gravelly dirt. And so I just sat right on the ground and pulled my phone out and texted my husband and said, Hey, I'm on this competitive track out of the white tanks. You know, I'm heading back to the car and blah, blah, blah. I'm still going to be out for a long time. I'm out of water and just kind of explained everything. And that was at 11 AM. And of course he doesn't check his texts. He doesn't answer his phone. And apparently Gatlin says he was mowing, right? He was cause he came in my room at like, I don't know, like about 10 and he wanted me to get up and everything and get ready and then go outside and mow and he was already mowing. And it was like 11 when I went out there or something. Okay. So apparently, I mean, I guess so he, he was, he was on our new riding lawnmower. Yes. Pretty sweet ride. But I, I, anyways, I didn't end up hearing from him until two hours later where obviously spoiler alert, I didn't die and I made it back to my car, but I was a little bit upset, like two hours later, like I could be dead laying on the track and you would never know, you know, cause you don't ever check your phone. So whatever I did my part and texted him, told him I was going to die or whatever. I don't know what I told him, but anyhow, I started getting to the point where I would like just whatever, there was a saguaro there with your, tra- your traditional, the saguaro that you think about in your mind with the two arms sticking out, found one of those that was really tall and that put a little bit of shade on the trail. So I kind of stood sideways in it and tried to make myself skinny so I could stand in the shade for a minute. Just did anything I could and just rested when I needed to. 
and eventually got back to my car. It took me forever and ever and ever, but I finally made it. When I got back to the car, I drank the entire 32 ounce cup full of noon hydration that was icy and cold. And then I even refilled my cup with Gatorade and drank some of that. The only issue with that was by the time I got back to my car, it was 6.55 miles and I needed to get to eight miles. So originally I was going to just refill my water, my pack and put more ice in my, um, ice bandana, this and that and go out for the last mile and a half. Well, I drank all my water, didn't have anything else, no way to refill water. And so I'm like, okay, guess I'm not running anymore out here. Uh, so I decided I would finish this run on a treadmill. I do have a treadmill at home. I could have just driven straight home and hopped on the treadmill and finished the last mile and a half. However, I know myself. And if I would have walked in the door to my house with the AC on and nice and cool in here, there's no way I would have put my body on the treadmill and ran another one and a half miles. So because I really wanted to get those last miles in, I drove to the gym. I was a sweaty, stinky, nasty mess. So gross. I spilled red Gatorade on my white shirt. So went in, bought a bottle of water at the gym, asked for a shirt, a promo shirt, wore the promo shirt, hopped on the treadmill and finished out my mile and a half. So this whole entire stinky situation took me so long, like four hours or four and a half hours. I have no clue, but it took way longer than it should have to run eight miles, even for me. And I was just done and the heat affected me. And I just like kind of crashed, came home, took a shower. I remember just like laying on the love seat and just like, uh, you know, I was just done. Well, the next day, so Sunday, yesterday, there was a team RWB team, red, white, and blue event close to my house at the victory stairs in Verado, which is a very nice neighborhood out here. I love running in Verado. So the victory stairs, that was the location for this nine 11 stair climb to pay tribute to the victims, the first responders and all of that of, and you know, the survivors and everything of nine 11. I felt like it was super important for me to go. Uh, the challenge for me, which is not a challenge when you think of, of what so many people lost that day, but the challenge for me was, so it sounds just so stupid to even mention this, but I normally, uh, Sundays are normally the day that I sleep in and on Sundays I sleep in until 7:20. That's the latest I ever get to sleep in, <laughs> um, is on Sundays unless I sleep in on Saturday. So anyhow, in order to do this stair climb, I was going to need to get up at like 5:30, and I couldn't stay for the entire stair climb because I needed to be home by like 7:45 because we go to church. And this specific day yesterday, I was going to be in the kitchen. I was, I ended up being in the kitchen from nine 30 until about two 15. And so, you know, several hours on my feet. So I knew I, I wanted to climb these stairs, but I couldn't do the whole event and this and that. So anyways, I know this is a long story. Um, got up, headed over there and met up with team RWB, which again is team red, white, and blue and met up with them. And we climbed the stairs and there are 320, 340 steps and 
I ended up doing it twice. So up and down twice the first time with, with the flag, which was awesome. And that was all I had time to do. And it was killer on my legs. So by the second trip down, I think because of, of how, of how much of a difficult time I had the day before with my eight miles, by the time I headed down the steps the second time yesterday, my legs were like, they felt like jello. Like they were, they were literally like shaking and wobbling. And I told my friend Kim, I said, I'm, my legs are like wobbling. And she's like, okay. And I said, I'm going to kind of step over here for a minute and just kind of rest a bit. And so I stood off to the side, but of course I'm wearing a team RWB, I'm wearing a team RWB shirt. I don't want to appear to be a wimp when there's all these military veterans and they're just so awesome and strong. And here I am, you know, <laughs> and so I didn't rest long made it back down and then went and like I said, worked in the kitchen yesterday. And so when I got up this morning, my legs were, they're just so sassy. I don't know what else to say. I just, I I've climbed the Verado stairs before. Um, the last time I did it, I did three trips up and down and my, my calves were sore for a week, like seriously a week straight. And so I knew that my legs were going to be sore. Um, even just doing it twice. And so that is the reason why I am going to run on the treadmill this afternoon because my, not only are my calves like on fire, but so are my, my quads are sore as well. So yeah, trying to get up and down and trying to get up off the couch and trying to get out of a chair, trying to sit on the toilet and then get off the toilet again is like, <laughs> it's painful, but that's okay. I'm, I'm actually really glad that I was able to participate in that event. And it's always an honor to spend time with the men and women who've served our country. So, well, I appreciate our military. I appreciate all of our veterans and I'm just, I'm thankful for them. And I just feel like, even though I'm not a veteran myself, I feel like it's important for me. It's just something that means a lot to me. And I want to support them. And I also felt like it was very important to pay tribute to the victims. And like I said, the first responders, the survi survivors as well of 9-11. So I'm really glad that, that I was able to go. Um, and what are sore legs? You know, when you think of, of the enormity of everything that happened on that day, we're not going to forget. And so I just, I really wanted to participate in that. So that's kind of where I'm at today with my legs being trashed and if you were wondering, Gatlin, that's why my legs are trashed. I wanted to just quickly say that um, I do know that most of, of you that are listening here today probably remember where you were on 9-11 22 years ago. Um, I was 38 weeks pregnant with my fourth baby. Uh, so my son, Preston, he will actually turn 22 in 11 days. He was born on September 22nd, 2001. I was in the kitchen getting the kids ready for school when my husband called our landline. We didn't have a cell phone back then um, and said, turn on the radio. I turned on KTAR News, which is our local news station here in the Phoenix, Arizona area. And Arizona time, you know, it was a couple hours behind New York. And so, you know, I think maybe even the second plane had already hit by the time my husband called me. I'm not sure, but he's like, turn the radio on. And I just remember being this very kind of feeling very vulnerable, 
very pregnant, trying to get my kindergartner and my first grader, um, you know, to school. Should I send them to school? What's going on? You know, is something else going to happen? Am I going to have to run? And it was, it was a very terrifying feeling. And yeah, I just, it was, it was such a, a, such a strange time. Um, we had, we lived very close to the air force base back then we lived in Goodyear, Arizona, which is a little farther away than I am now. Now I'm basically right next to the base, but back then. So if you remember, they closed down all of our airspace, you know, in the United States, they closed down all of the airspace. And I remember a couple of days after nine 11 being at school, waiting for my you know, kindergarten, my first grader to come out. And I looked up at the sky and all I could see was fighter jets and they would, they would go back and forth, back and forth in the sky patrolling. And it was, it was comforting in a way, but it was also terrifying knowing that, you know, something could happen, something else could happen. What, what was going to be next? And it was, it was kind of, um, well, it was a very uncertain time as, as most of you will remember, and I did not lose anybody that day. I didn't know anybody in the Twin Towers. I didn't know anybody at the Pentagon. I didn't know anybody that was on the flight that, that crashed into the field in Pennsylvania. Um, but my heart goes out to every single one that did lose somebody. Uh, those, the survivors, the first responders, the everybody, you know, and I just, I just don't want to ever forget and honestly, my son, Preston, like I said, he'll be 22 in a couple of days. That's what a lot of times when you think of Preston, you think of 9-11 just because that's, that's when he was, he was born. So again, we don't want to ever forget that day. And I just thought it was, I wanted to share that with you since, since it is 9-11, even though I know it doesn't have anything to do with running. I wanted to change gears and I hope that's okay. I had asked probably, well, I think I've asked several times if you ever wanted to share a story with me or something funny that happened when you were running or a good experience or whatever to please send those stories in. And one of you did. I haven't gotten a ton of responses, so you're still welcome to send those to me anytime. But I did get a very awesome, funny first 5K story from Kat. And you can find Kat on Instagram at row.bike.move. That is her Instagram handle. And Kat did give me permission to read her story, which I'll do right after this. Okay, Gatlin, are you ready to hear the story of Kat's disastrous first 5K? Sure. Okay. So this is, Kat emailed this to me at Podcast at gmail.com. And that was her title, Cat's Disastrous First 5K. This will mostly be word for word. Um, here we go. So here's my story about my first ever disastrous 5K race. I had never done a race of any kind before. My roommate came home from work one day and told me about a 5K the local university was hosting to benefit veterans or something. I think, can't remember exactly. I figured, why not? How hard can it be? Yeah, well, we all know, right? Mind you, I had no idea how long a 5K was. The race was a couple of weeks away. Did we train? No. I didn't even know that was a thing. Haha. 
I was an intramural athlete all through high school and college, but I always did ball sports, softball, volleyball, racquetball, nothing really involving distance running. I should have known better, but I really didn't think about it much. This is great. Anyway, <laughs> the day of the race arrived and we went to the university, parked, then walked to what we assumed was the starting line. We had picked up bibs the day before, but we didn't know any better, so we ended up in a long line of people waiting for, well, we weren't sure. When we got to the table, the people handing out bibs looked at us kind of funny, noting we had our bibs on already. A very nice young man politely asked us if he could help, and I, being the suave person I am, said, I don't know. What is this line for? He blinked a couple of times and pointed at my bib and said, this is for bibs, but you already have yours. You can go to the start line and wait for the race to begin. I was mortified. My roomie was laughing and she tugged me away from the table and we headed to where the majority of the crowd was milling around. We had about 20 minutes until the start time. So we sort of stood there awkwardly watching people around us doing all kinds of stretching and running up and down the sidewalk. I was very confused by this. I understood the stretching but I couldn't figure out why people were running before the race. Wouldn't they be tired? I was tired just watching them. We had planned to walk the race since neither of us were runners. The announcer came on and asked that walkers move toward the back to allow the faster runners a chance to take off without interference. Sounded fair to me. So we moved toward the back. After listening to an extremely painful version of the national anthem being sung by someone, in parentheses, in parentheses, I'm a professional singer and choir director, so I'm very picky about how the anthem is performed, and yes, I'm judgy about it. Sue me. The countdown began, and off we went. Boy, howdy. Even being at the back of the pack wasn't safe. I mean, those people took off. Here I was thinking we'd be part of a casual stroll, but nope. Even the walkers were walking fast. Soon enough, we were dead last. Or at least we thought we were. We'd gone maybe a mile with no one around us. I didn't have a way to track our distance, so we were relying on signs put out by the race. But I swore then, and I will swear until I die, this was not a 5K. When we heard a rattling noise coming from behind us, I was deep in the hurt locker by now, so I ignored it. Until this older couple, I'm talking probably in their 70s, Speed walked past us, pushing a toddler in a stroller. I was horrified. My roomie and I looked at each other and she said, we can't let them beat us. Spoiler alert, they beat us. They became our rabbit. I'm five foot six and my roomie is five foot eight. So her strides are longer than mine. I walked as fast as I could, feeling like my legs were going to fly off my hips. I was huffing and puffing like a locomotive. I can't remember the exact weather conditions, but I don't think it was unusually hot or anything. I, however, was a flaming ball of ouch. I was definitely not wearing proper shoes. I had no idea that was a thing either. I was wearing a cotton shirt and a cotton baseball cap. I was wearing cotton socks and I could feel the blisters forming. I wasn't carrying any water. Again, didn't know that was a thing. So I was thirsty and super dry mouth from breathing so hard. We had a brief glimmer of hope when we arrived at the only water station and the older couple and their stroller were stopped. We grabbed water and headed out as fast as we could, a little giddy because we'd managed to get out ahead of the older couple. 
I got a second wind and started hauling butt, feeling like I was moving pretty well. Then the older couple passed us again. All the wind went out of my sails at that point. No matter how hard we tried, we couldn't catch them. My roommate probably could have on her own, but she stayed with me, bless her. The real low point came when we passed an intersection with one of those construction sawhorses they use for blocking off streets. As we went by, we heard the volunteer who was there get on his radio and say, The last people just passed me. I turned around and noticed for the first time the utility truck behind us, pulling a trailer with all the cones and sawhorses they had used for the race, piled up on it. At that point, finishing the thing became a struggle just to get to the finish line and be done with it. In your podcast, you've mentioned how it stresses you out when the sweep vehicle or people are following right behind you, and I know how that feels. What made it worse was we could hear the race people talking on the radio, and the folks at the finish line, wherever it was, kept asking how much longer the sweep thought it would take us to get there. At least the guy was nice and didn't say, tomorrow at this rate. (laughs) Sorry, that just cracks me up. Okay. (laughs) Okay, sorry. We finally turned a corner and saw the finish line in the distance. When we got there, a nice young lady handed us each a medal, then asked us for our bibs. Since this was my first race ever, I didn't know what an odd thing it was to not be able to keep the bib. But many races later, I was sorry I didn't have it as a reminder. To add insult to injury, we had to walk back to where our vehicle was parked. There were shuttles available, but the lines were super long and we didn't want to wait. So we hiked back, blisters and all. We had to have gone at least 50 miles by that point. Okay, maybe not 50, but I'm sure it was at least 7 miles total. I couldn't move the next day. It really, really stunk. But I can laugh about it now, about how incredibly unprepared we were, literally getting off the couch one day and thinking we could do a 5K. I will never forget that stroller and the noise it made as it rattled by us twice. I hope you get a laugh out of this. I sure did remembering it. Cat. Wasn't that a great story? I just have to say. Fighter jets are flying over right now. So that's what you're hearing in the background. Cat, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for writing in and sharing your story with me, with all of us. I really enjoyed it. And not because... It was such a crazy experience for you, but just because I, I guess in a way it helps knowing that other, other people have experienced some of the things, you know, that I have. And I think that I can absolutely relate to so many of the things that you shared. I, a couple of years ago, I did a reel and I talked about an older gentleman And this man, I think he was probably late 70s, maybe. And he was crippled. So one of his legs, did I mean, he kind of had to drag it. And when I first started running five years ago, I would see him at all of the local races. I mostly did like 5Ks. I did several 5Ks and 10Ks, things like that. Um, And I would see him at like those distance races. And he beat me across the finish line every single time. It didn't matter if I passed him during the race, he would always beat me across the finish line. And and that's just what I thought of when you were talking about 
the older couple with pushing a toddler in the stroller. That is just so funny. On a less funny note, that sweeper vehicle. Oh my goodness, that is so stressful. And that is exactly what happened to me during the Chicago Marathon, except thankfully, I did not hear people talking about me on the radio saying, how much longer do you think this lady is going to be? And I was at last. There were still lots of people behind me. But we did have to weave in and out of the garbage trucks because that pacer car and all of this, it was actually, so the pacer car was in front and then there was a long line of cars and different vehicles behind the pacer car. They, I was going so far, I guess, um, behind schedule or whatever you want to say that they all passed me. And so as I got farther along on the, on the race, I had to weave in and out of the garbage vehicles, uh, dumping, you know, dumping garbage cans and sweeping the street from all the cups that the runners had left ahead of me. And yeah, it was actually very relatable um, to your story. And so Kat, thank you again for sharing that. That was awesome. And I'm glad that you can laugh about it now and that you haven't given up on running. That's, that's amazing. So all of that being said, Gatlin abandoned me and I guess he figured that his little appearance, that was good enough. So I'm glad he joined me for a little bit at least. I wanted to just share those couple of things about my weekend and wanted to let you know that I am still training for my second 50K, uh, which will be past Mountain on November 11th. I have Ragnar Trail Arizona coming up the weekend before that, November 3rd and 4th. And then I recently agreed to run Ragnar Trail Zion. Uh, with Jill and Liz and their team. And I'm super excited about that. My husband will be running that as part of our team also. And so I heard that that's kind of a difficult course, but I'm excited still. It should be a lot of fun. And that's next May, May 2024. So looking forward to that. And on a final exciting note, my coach, Kylie, I will tag her Instagram handle because I can't remember exactly how it goes right now. I will tag it in the episode notes. But Kylie just finished the Muggione Monster 100-mile race yesterday, and she was fifth female. And I am so proud of her. I just, I just am so proud. You know, I was live tracking her yesterday and seeing where she was and she would hit different aid stations. I was like, yes, you know, and she's almost there. And I just cannot imagine running that far. I would still want to someday, but she's a huge inspiration to me. And I guess I appreciate having a coach that, you know, that runs ultras and so kind of knows where I'm heading and is able to share what what she uses to get across all these finish lines. So super excited for her. Congratulations, Kylie. And congratulations to each one of you for being here to listen to episode 30 of the Fun of the Run podcast. We made it through 30 episodes. Here's to 30 more and beyond. I appreciate each and every one of you listening today. I hope there was something in this episode that resonated with you, whether that was in Kat's story, whether you've struggled on a hot run recently, whether you just your legs are going to fall off like mine are, 
whatever. I hope there was something in this episode that you were able to relate to that was at least entertaining maybe while you're out running right now. If you are, thank you for taking me with you on your run. And I am excited to just share uh, your stories. So send me your stories. Email me at funoftherunpodcast at gmail.com. I'll read them on my on my podcast. If you want to be a guest, I would love to interview you. Reach out at funoftherunpodcast or reach out direct message at Waddell Running Lady and we will set up a time to talk and that would be a lot of fun. Here in the next little bit, I am planning an interview with True Coach Lisa. If you have not checked out the True Tribe, I highly encourage you, especially if you are a woman 50 plus, to take a look at the runninguniversity.com. True Coach Lisa offers challenges. She there is group coaching that is available, which I've never participated in group coaching. Um, I've only had just a coach, a one-on-one type thing, Um, but she offers group coaching. She teaches chi walking and chi running. If you're interested in any of that or just interested in being a member of her true tribe, I highly suggest that you go to therunninguniversity.com and check her out and what she offers. She's a good friend and I have enjoyed running with her. And I think what she's doing would benefit a lot of women. And so I just think you should check it out. And trying to think if there's anything else that I am forgetting. I think that's it. Stay hydrated, friends. If if you are in Arizona like I am, fall is not here. And fall is not even, doesn't even feel like it's even close. We've still got temps in the hundreds this week. And so stay hydrated, make sure that you drink your electrolytes or eat them or whatever, do whatever you got to do to stay safe in this weather, have fun on your run. And I hope that you will join me next week for the fun of the run podcast. Thanks everybody.